Welcome to the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network. I am proud to introduce to you today your home for honest sports analysis that you won't hear anywhere else. All from a group of friends that met at Troy University. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And here's your host, Hampton Sipper. Welcome in to another edition of the Trojan Tailgate Network's SEC Recap Show. My name is Hampton Sipper, and I am joined by my good friends, as always, correspondent at large, a.k.a. Money in the Bank, Graham Haney, and the king of hot takes himself, Big Papa, Auburn Shepherd. How's it going tonight, guys? Man, things are going – oh, you got it, Graham? I'm waiting <laughs> on you, dog. I'm waiting okay, on you. Okay, I've had a great week so far. Um, I don't know about y'all, but big game coming up this week. A lot of kind of weird games last week, but let's get it popping. Money, are you making money this week? Hey, we we make money every week on uh, these hot takes and these good <laughs> bets. Uh, we just might not be making money money in the, in the fantasy lineup this week, but we, we will see uh, how that turns out. Uh, that's a hint at, uh, at Big Daddy Chef over there. But, uh, man, the SC Championship game this week, been waiting for it all year. Uh, you know, Alabama and Florida finally matching up. What they think is the top two teams in the SEC. And there was a little bit of a shakeup this past week. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to talk about <laughs> some other news that we get to cover. It, it'll be exciting. Glad to talk SEC football with you guys. Hampton, we uh, we know that you have uh, a disease that's going around. Uh, you you want to give us the update on that? It's not AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> it's a virus. It's not a disease. But, we're hey, we're doing all right. You know, just been quarantined for about past week or so. Um, watching a lot of, uh, watching a lot of TV, taking some walks, um, you know, getting, trying to get in the Christmas spirit, but, uh, we're, we're doing good, doing good. And, um, you know, looking forward to previewing the SEC championship. I can't believe they said it couldn't be done. They said that we couldn't play football. Um, and the SEC has done a great job of managing the whole thing. And I think, only one or two games out of the whole um, 70 uh, that they had scheduled have been canceled completely. So uh, kudos to Greg Sankey and the whole league office for, you know, getting this accomplished. And, uh, you know, we're about to crown a champion this Saturday. So can't wait to get into that. But before we do, I teased last week that we had another special guest uh, coming on. Last week we had um, Shep's friend Dalton Matheson who did a, outstanding job and i am sure that our guest this week will do just as good introducing graham kerger loyal listener of the show how's it going graham it's going good going good i've been on i've uh, been listening for a hot minute so i'm glad to actually hop on finally awesome awesome we're we're glad to have you and can't wait to um dive deep on you know on this preview uh, with you and the other guys, so we'll kind of uh, <clears throat> go right on into it. Chef, do you have <clears throat> our pick'em? Excuse me for the cough. Uh, um, the pick'em um, stats for this past week or no? Uh, I think I'm going to have to plead the fifth on that one. Uh, oh been, my! Been, <laughs> been slacking on my job, you know. I'm trying to provide, you know. It's just hard out here for a pimp. I'm, I guess so. I guess so. Well, um, you killed that segue. So here we'll go to um, Impact Players of the Week. We do it every week. We're doing a little bit out of order um, for this episode, uh, but there's a good reason why. So, Shep, let me start with you. Who was uh, the player that stood out to you most 
uh, this past week? Well, this week, I think I'm going to have to choose somebody that I've never heard of, wide receiver from Tennessee, Bellis Jones Jr. Okay, my man. I don't, his name's Bellis Jones Jr. Never heard of him. Uh, many, many, Not either. many of you listeners never heard of him, but he had seven, seven receptions, 125 yards with two touchdowns. I mean, they did play Vanderbilt in the Fighting Sarah Fullers, but still impressive, two <laughs> touchdowns, um, 125 yards. Uh, Graham, who do you have for this week's Player of the Week? Uh, so, uh, quick quick little background on Velas or Velas Jones. He's from Mobile, Alabama, so oh. that's where I'm from. Um, and oh, he, look at that. Yeah, so he played – I actually am probably one of the few who knows who he is. He played at USC and then transferred um, this year to Tennessee. But my player, I can't choose Bama, um, so I'm going to go with uh, probably JT Daniels. Um, had three touchdowns, 299 yards, and no turnovers um, against Missouri. So, yeah, I think that kind of shows us that he didn't know the playbook early on because he's truly been better than um, the old mailman over there. That's <laughs> been it. Um, yeah. But uh, let's see, Graham, the other Graham, money. What do you have? That's right. Now, hey, first week on, JT Downs, that's a great pick for player of the week. Uh, man, he, he's, yeah. re- he's really uh, you know, taking this Georgia offense to a, another level. Uh, I think he's you know, actually a quarterback back there that can throw. So uh, <laughs> that, that changes the game completely. So my player of the week uh, it was the most important figure in a, in a game this week. And you might not know his name, uh, but you probably know his shoe. Uh, and, and that is uh, LSU tight end Cole Taylor's uh, shoe that was uh, – it, it fell off, taken off, whatever. You know, that, that can be up for debate. But was picked up and thrown <laughs> by uh, a Florida quarterback, Marco Wilson. Uh, man, he was excited, and uh, he, he threw that ball – he threw that, uh, that shoe like, like a football uh, better than uh, any Georgia quarterback <clears> – <throat> Besides JT Daniels this year, so he might be in the transfer portal uh, to play there. But, uh, man, he threw that shoe about he threw that shoe about fifteen yards, and uh, that's how much they moved the penalty, and uh, that that led to an LSU first down. Uh, you know, whenever their drive was dead, he throws the football. He throws the. I keep trying to say football. You, you don't throw shoes. You don't throw, you don't throw shoes. Doesn't make it doesn't no. make sense. But uh, he throws the cleat. And uh, that changes the game completely. LSU uh, is able to uh, kick a 57-yard field goal uh, to go ahead and end up beating uh, the six the the six-ranked Florida Gators. So uh, the the player of the week is a guy that uh, you know didn't really have too much impact on the game, but uh, his shoe sure did. So uh, Cole Taylor's uh, uh, cleat from LSU, uh, man, that that was uh, that was pretty crazy. Um, Hampton, you, you got us a player of the week, or uh, we gonna keep moving right along? <laughs> I got, I'll, I'll hit on mine real quick, but um, <laughs> what an unbelievable pick by you, Graham. Uh, you know, you can call it a throw, you can call it as Dan Mullen said, completing a football move, whatever <laughs> the heck that means. Um, but whatever Marco Wilson did, he threw away uh, the Florida Gators national championship hopes. Um, and I want to pose a question, y'all, before, um, you know, I go into my player of the week. Do y'all think, like, just real quick, yes or no, if Georgia and Florida played again, like, tomorrow, who do you think – who's winning that game? Shep? Georgia. Georgia? No doubt. 
Yeah, Graham. I, I think I go with Georgia too. Uh, whenever we made the, you know, yeah, talked about it earlier in the season, I said it'd be a field goal game, uh, and that mm-hmm. Georgia would win. I, I think it would it would be a field goal game, and you know, McPherson missed the the field goal to tie this week against LSU. I think Camarda might make that kick for Georgia. So I guess I'd probably take Georgia. Graham, yeah. Graham, other Graham, what you think? Yeah. Um, I probably would with JT Daniels. I'd probably go with Georgia, but honestly, before that LSU and Florida game, I probably would have still gone with Florida. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. That kind of put some doubts in my mind about this Florida team against the um, when they lost to LSU. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to beat a team yeah. twice, you know. It, right? Yeah. yeah. That that would that I guess that kind of plays in my pick as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with all of y'all. I got Georgia. They've, uh, I think their defense is better, and I think um, they found a quarterback, even though I saw a report today um, asking whether or not JT Daniels should declare for the NFL draft. Oh, my and gosh. If that Slow down a little bit. <laughs> that, but that would be so hilarious. So Georgia basically wasted a year with them um, just to get, you know, for him to strike while the iron's hot. But my player of the week is Tank Bigsby, mm-hmm. um, Auburn. You know, 26 carries, 192 yards. Um, he, I mean, he probably is going to be the best back um, in the SEC next year. Uh, really, really good player. And basically the only bright spot um, on Auburn's offense this past um, week other than um, Seth Williams. Because uh, Bo Nick sure wasn't at uh, 15 for 32, 125 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, and – we can kind of transition. I know we um, talked a little bit and touched on the Florida LSU game, um, which we can kind of go into more detail um, when we preview the SEC championship. But, um, you know, Auburn wins 24 to 10. And I think everyone thought, you know, Gus did just enough, just enough to keep his job like he always does. Um, but then we get the news Sunday um, that – you know, I think the boosters had had enough. Um, he gets fired. And now Auburn is in the midst of a coaching search. So, um, money, a.k.a. Graham Jr. Come on. Um, <laughs> did Auburn make the right move? And if so, who should they hire? Um, slash who will they hire um, to fill that vacant position? Is it the right move? I do think so. I think that Auburn fans have have, have grown sort of tired of, of being uh, of the status quo being a good eight and four team, nine and three. Every few years, yeah. they win more than ten games. Um, I think Auburn fans look across the state and see what uh, Nick Saban and Alabama are doing, and that it is a consistent, you know, eleven, twelve win season, national championship every you know national championship contender practically every year. And they see last year, you know, Ed Orgeron take the LSU team, um, you know, and win the national championship. And I think Auburn Auburn fans are kind of uh, – they're, they're kind of tired of, of being, you know, complacent and that, you know, sort of average range that, that Gus has kind of grown accustomed to. Um, I think they want to build their, uh, their program more into a, a consistent winner. Um, and the fact that they can compete for national championships every year, not just every you know four or five years, um, I, I think that's the right move because I, I don't think Gus is the you know 
he's the the top dog in the uh, the SEC or college football. I think he's a yeah. uh, a fairly <clears throat> a fairly good coach. Um, but to me, the biggest thing is timing wise. Uh, you know, yeah. you have you have a lot of money owed to him uh, for his buyout, and that to me that that'll probably play a big factor in you know who they hire. You know, upcoming soon because it's going to be hard to to give you really convince a guy not like you know Jimbo Fisher, but Texas A and M making a splash a few years ago and giving Jimbo uh, you know, like a hundred million dollars. You know, I, I don't see Auburn having the money to make a move that big um, going forward. But it, it's interesting. But I think the biggest thing is timing. A guy that I would really like to see, uh, and not that he's gone under the radar, but not as talked about, not as big of a name. Is uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State? I, I Ooh, think I, I think that what what you see uh, at Iowa State is you know Matt Campbell has taken a team and a, a program that wasn't very good before he got there, didn't have talent. Um, I guess his biggest knock would be his lack of you know re- recruiting, um, just not getting the big time players. But man, he sure does know how to develop people that go under the radar. Uh, th- this team consistently uh, wins, and it's something that you know. If he can win, you know, eight nine games a season at Iowa State, what can he do at an Auburn program that can actually get those big time recruits and develop those players? Um, but so it, that's kind of a guy that I'd be interesting. I'd be interested in seeing uh, on the plains in Auburn. But I, I'd like to uh, point out the fact that you know. Whoever Auburn hires is going to have a junior. Well, I guess it could be a sophomore, depending how how all the NCAA, uh, you know, how how all it works <clears throat> with a, a, a Bo Nix quarter, you know, quarterback Bo Nix that has two years of experience. You know, take big speed. You got you got a, a few weapons on offense that you truly can uh, build around. Um, and, yeah, and Auburn's a great program, so uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, who Auburn chooses to uh, lead the charge uh, coming forward, whether it was just a we're tired of uh, Gus himself, whether that be you know, decide to take you know, Kevin Steele, or they, they say, you know what, we're tired of that, that whole system. Let's you know, start from scratch and get somebody new in there. Um, Shep, you know, tell me a little, bit, a little bit about what you think about the Auburn job, you know, the timing-wise uh, of Gus getting fired. Was it the right decision? And – you know, who are some guys that that are uh, on the radar that Auburn should be looking into? Yeah, so I think I'm a lot with you of it was time for Gus to go. Um, I don't necessarily – I'm from the view of, like, realistically, he hasn't done that bad of a job. Um, I mean, yeah. they've, they've had a consistent – I mean, really, they've been a consistent program. <laughs> I mean, seven, eight wins a year. Um, NFL players coming from that program, bowl games. I mean, really – they're a program that no matter what kind of star you have as a recruit, like they're, they're usually in the mix. Um, so really, like you said, the timing, I, I thought it was a little weird with, especially it being a COVID year. Cause you think about, you know, this year was all sec play. Of course their record's not going to be as good because they don't have those two or three games a year this year that they can just, you know, play a cupcake team and, and boost their record. Um, so that's where it was a little weird for me, but, I really don't think Gus is that bad of a coach. I will say he's instilled a a good culture at Auburn where people want to go to Auburn and they want to stay at Auburn for the most part. And I think that's really important. But where you see is he's kind of failed is this year Auburn's only scoring 26 points a game. Like that, that is not supposed to be 
the points per game for a high-powered <laughs> offense. Like, 26 points a game, like, Chip Lindsey's putting that up, and he's like, we're horrible. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's it's frustrating to see uh, a Auburn team with some of the talent that they have and the way they utilize them. But I think um, the real the real hire here. I think Auburn fans would love Hugh Freeze. Um, he's an offensive guy. They like offensive guys. And if Hugh can come in and and keep Kevin Steele, that would be huge for their program. But I just don't I don't see that happening this year. I think. Um, there, there's so much in the SEC West right now that, that Hugh Freeze is, is going to take a break this year and just stay at Liberty and kind of see what happens unless the money really speaks. And I don't think they're going to really let the money speak. So I think what they're going to do is, uh, is promote Kevin Steele to their head coach. Um, he's been running the defense and um, hire Art Browse. I saw where he resigned from his school Yep. Um, he he coaches at a high school in, in Texas, and he resigned from there on Monday. Um, so it makes you think what's kind of in the works. Um, and I, I think that would be a good hire um, to just hire an offensive coordinator, hire a defensive coordinator, hire a head coach who's already the defensive coordinator who is going to keep somewhat of the same culture but change some things um, to his own liking. And really this would give them give Auburn an opportunity to step back and see what happens the next year or two to really determine if they want to give Kevin Steele more money or if they want to bring in somebody um, who's an up-and-coming coach because I feel like these next two years or this next year especially is going to be kind of almost an interim kind of year. So that's what I think with them. Graham, do you think that Gus Malzahn gets a new job this next year? I think – I think he could get a job. I think it's probably going to be as an OC if it's at a bigger college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it's, a, if it's as a head coach, I think it'll be at a smaller place. I don't think he's – like, just seeing what he did at Auburn, um, obviously we saw what he did, did with Cam as an OC. But, I mean, some of the good points y'all made, like, earlier on some of the earlier episodes of this podcast was just, like, he can't develop a quarterback. Um, Jared Stidham last year and then – or two years ago and then moving on to Bo Nix. Like, Bo Nix has gotten even worse his second year. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think kind of like I said, like, if he's a head coach, it's going to be somewhere smaller just to kind of see what he can do there. But as an OC – I think as an OC maybe at somewhere bigger. Um, but I do think that, like, 100% it was the right move by Auburn. Like – any Auburn fan that I know or that I've run into, it's just like they've been waiting for Gus to be fired for a long time. Um, I think he did like a really good job at like creating like the family atmosphere. I mean, keeping that up, I guess, at Auburn, you know, they're all mm-hmm. in and um, the fans are like 100% and they don't love Gus, but they've, you know, they've got his back and stuff, but I think they've been waiting for him to go. Um, I, as far as like the timing wise of it, I don't know. I think it was kind of weird. Shep, you made a good point about, you know, it being COVID. And I don't know if there's a lot of coaches out there right now. And this could be like a mulligan year for him. But I don't know. I think they were just ready. And I think that that just shows, like, how ready they were to move on. Um, Just firing them right after – even after they beat State, which I know State's two and – was two and six and now two and seven. But I feel like st- – like, I was thinking State probably would win that, just like the way Auburn has been playing this season. 
Um, and then as far as like head coaches, I think Hugh Freeze was a great um, choice, Shep. And then I think I think Neil Brown. I think someone said that earlier on this year. That'd be that'd be a pretty interesting yeah. hire. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he'd leave West Virginia. Uh, but then I did hear something recently, and I thought about it. Billy Napier from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I think – so he was a wide receiver coach at Bama back in the day and then left to go, I think, to Colorado State and then came back to Bama and then left somewhere else, I think Pac-12, and then came to – and now he's at Louisiana and they're 9-1. and one. And he's just like being, you know, being coached under Nick Saban, being under Nick Saban as a coach. Um, I don't know. And then the, just the job he's doing at Louisiana, the, them being 9-1, and one, I think that he's – Got some success. I do think that Kevin Steele can kind of like handle it right now, and maybe he'll take over next year just to see kind of how that goes. But that could be a pretty big move for Bill and Napier, and I think that that would be pretty smart because it's not like a huge, huge name where they're going to have to pay him a ton. But I do think that like that could kind of get some things changed around there. But I 100% think it was time for Gus to go. And I think the only reason he stayed was just because, you know, the years that Auburn was somewhat like, you know, I mean, they were consistently, like you said, eight to nine wins. Um, but then when they were, the, there was those few years like last year and then a couple years ago when like in the kick six, like they would beat Bama and it's like, okay, well, we got to keep Gus, you know, he's beating Bama every other year. Um, mm-hmm. But this year he didn't and they also haven't been playing well. And so they're probably like, all right, now it's time. So I think it, I think it was the right move. I don't know about timing wise, but they just are ready for him to, him to go and to get moving on with the program trying to I think get it back to where it it used to be I guess but uh hmm. Hampton what do you think about the the move by Auburn and everything about that well <clears throat> um I'm with I'm you know I kind of echo what all of y'all said it was time for him to go um I like you said Graham every Auburn fan that I know wanted him gone and probably wanted him going last year, the year before that. Um, they were kind of fed up with um, having one good season, then reverting back to eight and four, whatever. Here's the issue, though, in my opinion. Um, the time, I think the timing of it um, with, you know, early signing day is tomorrow. Um, and that's a big, you know, big day for recruiting. Um, now you don't have a head coach there. Um, it's very uncertain. Um, on the future of your program, that affects recruiting. That affects who's going to sign, um, you know, sign with your school. Um, so I think that's an issue. Um, another issue, I think, is um, Auburn fans that I've talked to believe that they're like a top-tier program in the country. Um, and I think they're like top 20 Um I don't think they're in that upper echelon. I think part of the reason they aren't is because instead of prioritizing winning championships, they think they have a good year if they beat Alabama and beat Georgia. But mainly if they beat Alabama. If they if they went like seven and four or seven and five and they beat Alabama, that's a good year to them. Um, and I think, you know, I think that's an issue. And I think with this hire you need to try to change that. The problem is who's out there that would be just like a home run hire. You mentioned Billy Napier. I'm, I'm a big Billy Napier fan. Um, and I think he could, do, I actually think he could do a good job there. Um, 
but it'd be, you know, his first time at a major program. Um, so that would be, you know, interesting to see how he responded. Um, another name that's been mentioned is Mario Cristobal, mm. who has done a good job at Oregon. Um, I personally do not think um, he's going to go to Auburn, um, just from some reports I've read. Um, but if they did get him, I think he'd be a good recruiter for him. Um, and I think he um, he would at least be something different than – he'd be in a different mold than the past few coaches that they've had. Um, but the guy that I think they're going to hire and seems to be the favorite right now is uh, Kevin Steele. And I'm just telling you right now, as an Alabama fan, I'm and my bias is going to show, if they paid a $21 million buyout for Gus Malzahn to hire Kevin Steele, who's – do y'all know what his uh, head coaching record is? It's like 9-30, and 30, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, 9-36. and 36. Mm. I mean, it, it wasn't like 99 to 2001, though. So, I mean, it was a, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, but still. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that, that's just rough. And you wonder, like, all right, 2002, if you were an up looking, you know, seemed to be an up-and-coming coach, why didn't you get another opportunity down the line? Why has it been 18 years since you've um, been a head, you know, been a head coach at a program? Um you know, I just think he would like if you're going to fire Gus, who has done. I mean, you can make an argument Gus is a top three coach in their history, um, and that is not. I mean, that sounds like oh, that's crazy talk. It really isn't. Um, you got Pat, you know, Pat Dye, Suge Jordan, Tommy Tuberville, and him maybe. I um, mean, you might put him over um, Tommy, or you might put him over. Um, you know, Pat Dyer, Suge Jordan. I mean, it's just – I think it's kind of a gamble to do that and then hire Kevin Steele, who doesn't have a proven track record um, as a head coach. So, I think that's the direction that they're going to go. Um, I think that's who the boosters want. Um, apparently, Bo Jackson is behind Kevin Steele. Um, he was behind the Gene Chizik hire, too. Um, and, you know, like with the Gene Chizik hire, they're probably – Auburn fans are happy with that, but if you take away that one year of the national championship, he was very mediocre. And I love Gene. I love the guy. Words of wisdom. I mean, you can't, um, can't beat him. But when, you know, years that Cam Newton won the quarterback, um, Auburn went very good with Gene Chizik at the helm. Um, so it'll, I mean, it'll be interesting to watch kind of who they've, um, you know, who they decide on. I think it, uh, it means a lot for the future of uh, not only their program, but the, uh, the SEC as a whole. Now, I, I think that I agree with all y'all's points. I mean, I think this is what most Auburn fans wanted, but is this the situation that Auburn fans really like to be sitting in right now? Um, yeah, that's, that's where I don't know. I, I think that, you know, lots of Auburn fans wanted Gus gone because he wasn't uh, leading Auburn to elite status. Um yeah, but right now, who are the people and who are the candidates that will take you to that elite status? You know, exactly. I, I, there are candidates out there that can. I mean, like an Urban Meyer, but that's not. He's not on the list. Urban no Meyer. Way. That's what I'm saying. He, like there, there, there are, <laughs> there are people to hire better than Gus Malzahn, but I don't know if any of these candidates 
truly takes Auburn to that consistent level that Auburn fans want. But if you're a candidate, you might you might like Auburn because they uh, they show that they are willing to be committed to a coach for several years. Uh, if you have one good one, they'll believe in you for five. You know, that's the Gene Chizik yeah. story. You take them and you win the national championship. You can go ahead and get that eight-year extension or whatever. Not really, but, you know, like Auburn just signed Gus Miles on to a, a seven-year extension a few, seven yeah, a few years. years back. And so Auburn's willing to commit to coaches and willing to pay money for it. Um, so I, I think that lots of candidates will be uh, excited to go to Auburn. Um, but whether they can take that, take them and that program to the elite level that fans want to see uh, will be interesting to, to see. Only time will be able to tell that. Hey, I just yeah. want to mention um, one guy that I haven't thought about until now, but Graham, when you were talking, uh, uh, it reminded me a lot about Gus and being, you know, like a family guy, making Auburn a family place. What about a guy who's who's been hired um, at Minnesota? What about P.J. Fleck? I think that would be interesting if he was potentially mm-hmm. ready to move on from Minnesota. If, I mean, if he got offered a job, I mean, he's a he's a big character guy. Um, heart guy, yeah. you know, intensity. Um, I think that could possibly be maybe like a sleeper, 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 pick, mm-hmm. like hibernation pick. No, I, I, yeah. I, PJ Fleck, the row the boat guy. Um, I, I think if it was before this year, I think he is a candidate, and I think that he would be yeah. talked about on these, uh, you know, on the all the sites that have, oh, these are the list of candidates that Auburn's going to look into. You know, it, if you take away this season, you know, I think that he really does have a chance at it. I think Auburn fans might be interested in PJ Fleck, but Minnesota just hasn't had that hasn't had that good of a season. And uh, you know, yeah. I, I just it's hard to to buy into somebody. Oh, this guy's going to take us to the next level. You know, when he's yeah, you know, but it is. I mean, it is Minnesota too, though. So I mean, mm-hmm. you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, but you, you also want some consistency too. I think. Yeah, you're I right. mean, like not not to take away anything from PJ Fleck, but you know, like. Gus Malzahn yeah. is, you know, eight and you know, eight and four, nine and three kind of guy, which is very consistent. I mean, he never dropped off to you know two and ten. Uh, I mean, I think the consistency <laughs> does play a little bit of a factor in all aspects of the game, especially you know, like recruiting sense. You know, like it's hard to recruit people when you're two and ten <laughs> um, kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, it'll be interesting. Hampton, I got a well, I got a question for Hampton and and Shep. Uh, I've also been seeing. Uh, some rumor that uh, there are some people uh, that are high up in, in Auburn's program that would be interested in another SEC coach. Kiffin? And that would be Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't believe that he would, uh, he would go there, but Lane Kiffin has been known to leave after one season at places, uh, you know, call, Tennessee, uh, so, what what do y'all think about those? Is that just rumor, or uh, do you think Lane Kiffin would even uh, consider an interview at Auburn? I think Auburn's definitely interested. Um, I I think Kiffin knows how that that uh, last uh, whatever you want. I don't even know what you want to call it. Um, last fiasco, fiasco, <laughs> circus entanglement, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> when he left Tennessee. Um, after saying, you know, come to the SIP and I'm going to be here forever and then leaving again um, to go to a rival, like a, you know, rival SEC West program, um, I just don't see that happen. Graham, do you have any um, 
what are you what are your thoughts on uh, Joey Freshwater maybe uh go <laughs> I, don't know. I think I think, uh, I, think I, I saw, saw something, something recently about about Lane and he, he was like kind of shutting it down about going, going to Auburn. I think, I think it, it could be like I mean honestly like, like you know how Lane, Lane Kiffin, Kiffin loves to kind of call out Saban still on uh, on Twitter, Twitter and stuff and, and so and he, and he knows, knows. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, the post the bear, or like, like whatever, whatever it was, he, whatever, whatever he was calling, calling like it was working. working. So, so I think that like that could be good, but also like I don't know how high I am on Lane Kiffin being a head coach. I think he's one of those guys, kind of like, like I was saying earlier, that's a great OC, but maybe not the best like guy that you want, you know, building a dynasty like as a head coach. So I don't know. I'm not sure. If, if I buy it, I think that's, that's like an easy, easy, easy pick, pick and, and, and obviously like, like a high, uh, just something that people are going to talk about, obviously, just because, because of the situation. But, but I don't know, know if that, that would actually happen. happen. What, what do you think, Shep? Shep? Yeah, I, I, I don't think Lane leaves Ole Miss. I think Lane's, and and don't get me wrong, like I don't, I don't know Lane Kiffin, but hey, if you want to join our show, <laughs> we've been trying to get you, Joey Freshwater, hit your boy up. <laughs> Um, I, I like Lane Kiffin as a coach, but I think he's one of those guys who's like a little too charismatic for Auburn. Um, in in the sense of like he just likes to have fun, joke around. I feel like he, he's kind of like a Bruce Pearl of football in a sense. Like he's kind of had his troubles at other places, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe he's got a, got to Ole Miss where he's found his place. Um, I mean, he's come to the SIP. Everybody, everybody loves Lane Kiffin, but I just don't know if he'd really fit in at Auburn um, in what they're doing. I think, I think I'd they would him. love to have him, but I think it's one of those things where I feel like at Auburn, you don't get fired from like the AD and the presidents. You get fired from the fans, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before the fans at Auburn start. Um, start fussing about like well Lane Kiffin's doing all this on social media but he can't win any games like I feel like Ole Miss is is the place for him to kind of shake things up um but I I mean Mm -hmm. I would love that hire for Auburn but I just don't think I don't think that's realistically gonna happen Mm -hmm. yeah I'm I'm with you I I was gonna say I I think that Ole Miss is a good spot for Lane Kiffin I think he he can Ole Miss will allow him to make a few mistakes uh along the way yeah they'll be you know, they'll have a little bit of forgiveness if uh, you know something were to go wrong. Not, 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 I'm not saying anything crazy. You know, what I'm saying if something really bad happens, yeah, they got to get rid of them. But I think Ole Miss will be <laughs> forgiving enough for minor things to uh, let go. You know, minor things to go by uh, because Ole Miss, you know, Hugh Free, you know, with Hugh Free situation, um, you know, Ole Miss rode Hugh Freeze pretty much as long as they could until they had to get rid of him. Uh, ultimately, um, yeah. so I think that uh, that Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss, might be the best place for him um, at this point. But uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, as we kind of uh, go into, I guess, the next topic. Uh, Hampton, I got a question for you: Is there a chance that Alabama actually keeps the same offensive coordinator for two years in a row? Since we're also talking about coaching hires, you know. Ooh, uh, that's a good question. <clears throat> Let me tell you something, Graham. I am praying that they keep Sark another year. Um, I think he is the best offensive coordinator um, in the country and probably um, the best that um, Alabama's ever had. And, yeah, I'll take him over Lane Kiffin. I think he's been um, nothing short of incredible. Um, 
And if this is what I'll say, and I'll keep it real short and sweet, and then we'll get into um, SEC championship talk. Um, if Mario doesn't leave to go to Auburn, I don't think Sark's going to go to Arizona. Um, and I don't really see anywhere else where he might pop up. Um, I know there's been some chatter that he might go to Auburn. No way is he going to – he ain't going to Auburn. Um, and But if Mario went to Auburn, he might um, be contacted for that Oregon job, and mm-hmm. I'd be a little concerned about that. Um, but I think, I think he stays um, at least for another year at Alabama. Um, hopefully get to tutor Bryce Young a little bit. Um, but to kind of wrap up the coaching discussion, Shep, you mentioned Hugh Freeze. Um, I don't think Auburn is going to hire him. Uh, I think there was a couple boosters that were for it, um, but I don't think um, there's, you know, unity or uh, consensus over that. So I don't think he'll be hired there. I Watch read out where, for- uh, I read for where uh, South Carolina vetted him, though. Where the SEC was would, would have possibly was in mm-hmm. favor of allowing him to come back though, so that I mean that's a yeah. good sign. Yeah. That is, and that's why either if Tennessee decides to fire Pruitt this year or next year, they're going after Hugh Freeze. Mm. Um, I think he wants to be there, and they want him there. So that's one thing. And then the second thing, if y'all want some good bud entertainment. Go to Auburn's message board and just read some of the people that they've thrown out for, um, you know, consideration for their job. There were two last night that almost I was crying laughing. One was Scott Cochran <laughs> that he oh would um, he, yeah. he would infuse some physicality and energy into that program. And then the other one was Jim Trestle, the head coach <laughs> Big Time College in nine years, um, yeah, Jim, Trestle. Jim Trestle's like ninety years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you, listeners and you guys, if you want, was to, he at Ohio yes. State? But he's mo- yeah. most recently. Oh, he's most dude. recently known as being the uh, president of Youngstown State University. I do believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious! But Auburn fans getting wild with uh, they're getting impatient and they're just coming up with all sorts of mm-hmm. things. So um, we'll definitely be tracking who Auburn hires and um, probably be a discussion coming up on either, you know, next podcast or a podcast after that. So, um, but with that, let's get to talking about what we all came here for. It's SEC championship time. Number one, Alabama versus number, I don't know yet with Florida. They're probably going to be number 10, number 11 um, after you know, <laughs> losing to LSU um, because of a shoe um, incident and because they didn't play Kyle Pitts because they thought they could uh, walk over LSU. And, um, you know, you got to give credit to LSU for fighting and showing some heart because uh, I, you know, I didn't think they had any chance in that game. But um, shout out to my friend uh, Jamie Barnes, who actually did predict that uh, LSU um, would either uh, – would keep it close to Florida, and even maybe beat them. Um, so credit to him. Uh, but Alabama and Florida meet this Saturday, and there's a lot of stuff that we can get into. So, Graham, I want to ask you, I know you're a big Alabama fan. What 
intrigues you about this game? What What is the thing that you're going to be looking forward to most to kind of watch play out on Saturday? I guess I guess you're talking about me then. I guess I'll go. Um, oh no, I was talking to our guest Graham. It's My okay, <laughs> Gra- Graham. Go ahead. Or not? I... Well, he might. We might. We might have okay. lost him. I, was, I know, Graham. I was actually talking to you, Money Graham. I was oh, talking okay. to you. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, man, I think it's it's going to be a very exciting SEC championship game. I, I think. It's a little bit less exciting now that Florida lost. Um, but lots of people were on the Florida hype train that, you know, Dan Mullen's offenses uh, could compete with anybody in the country, and they probably can. Uh, but the biggest concern to me is that Florida defense. Uh, LSU had three guys rush for over 50 yards. Uh, when I was listening to uh, Ed Orgeron's, uh the press conference he did, he, he was really excited about uh, – LSU's uh, ability to run the football on Florida. And if uh, if I'm Alabama, look for Najee Harris uh, to touch the ball a lot. I think that if LSU is able to have three guys rush for 50, uh, Najee Harris might have a big game and will probably have a big game uh, in the SEC championship game against Florida. I would also like to say that, man, was I wrong. Uh, I, I thought that Florida was going to just sweep and just – absolutely demolish LSU, and that that was not the case. Uh, with uh, with Florida's defense the way it is, uh, they're, they're not really able to put anybody away. Uh, I think that, you know, it doesn't matter what the team is, what their caliber is, that everybody stands a chance against, uh, against Florida with that defense, especially when uh, you finally get a stop and then you, uh, you know, throw a shoe for a Hail Mary. Um, I, I think that uh, – Alabama, uh, if they're able to uh, get the ball to Najee in space, I think that Alabama has a good chance to win. Um, Florida also does not have a, a rushing attack hardly at all. And missing Kyle, missing no. Kyle Pitts really did hurt uh, Florida. And uh, so it, it'll be exciting to see. Shep, uh, Alabama and Florida in the SEC championship game. Uh, I know I picked this. I predicted this to be the SEC championship game. And I, yeah, too. hey, at least we're at least we're somewhat right. Um, what what about this Florida team uh, might would scare Alabama fans? There's only two words on this Florida team that can scare Alabama fans, and the first word is Kyle, and the last name <laughs> is Pitts. Okay, yeah, that's the only man on the field that can scare Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw Kyle Trask mediocre uh, last week. Um, I mean, I, I just – I have no words for this game. The spread's 13 and a half. I think Florida will be lucky if they score three touchdowns. Um, <laughs> oh, dear goodness. Dude, I, I just think – Really? Like, Alabama's on a mission this year. They've gotten better every game. And this is about to be just a smackdown in Atlanta. I'm so glad it's at 7 o'clock. I hope all the voters watch. I hope Clemson watches. I hope Davo gets his eyes full. I hope everybody – I hope that freaking Ohio State watches this game to know that they don't deserve to be in the top four, okay? I'm going to end today. I'm, I, I hate to say it. I, 
I've hated Texas A&M all year, but they should be in over Ohio State. I can't wait to watch Alabama mollywop Florida. I have no other words. Graham, <laughs> uh, uh, new Graham, OG Graham Kircher, tell us, <laughs> is there anything Florida can do to even stop All right, first Alabama off, can y'all hear me? Dope. Yes, awesome. we're good. All right. yeah. We can hear you, brother. Um, I was there actually trying to respond earlier and was listening to y'all, like, struggle through that. That was funny. Um, no, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I – I think really what it's going to come down to, I don't think anyone's stopping Bama's offense. I mean, I think Clemson potentially could just with intervals, but I don't think Florida's got a chance, especially seeing kind of how they've played all season. I don't think they can stop their offense. So I think their only hope is going to be through their offense and just to outscore them, kind of like we saw with the Ole Miss uh, Bama game. That was awful. But, um, yeah, I think – I really think – I think that the thing with Florida that as being a Bama fan, like I've been kind of scared about is the depth at receiver that they have. I mean, they have like seven receivers probably. I don't even know some of them, and they're just making plays. Um, I think something else that Bama's really got to – or maybe something just to watch out for is going to be the wheel route and like the back the, – the, the Florida back. So they have yeah. Pierce and yeah. – um, Malik, uh, I don't know what his last name is. They got those two backs. And if you go back and look against Georgia, I remember one thing that I noticed was like they had like they did like eight wheel and they completed, I think, almost all of them against Georgia. And that's like they were on big like third downs, too. And that's really what killed Georgia other than like their lack of offense. But so I and I think that that's something that that Bama has struggled against until maybe recently. I think their defense has made like tremendous strides, but especially early on, like, Bama would play great defense, but then there would just be a slip out of the backfield and they'd go for 40 yards. Or I mean, against A&M with um, Anaya Smith and all those guys, like, they were just killing Bama out of the backfield. So I think that's going to be something to watch out for. I think that the depth of receiver will be something to watch out for. And just to see if, like, Bama can get pressure on Trask. I think Bama has done a great job. I think the difference of the Bama team we've seen in the past, like, four to five weeks versus the first, you know, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since this, the Georgia, they're getting pressure on the quarterback. And you can totally see, too, like, if they don't get pressure on the quarterback, yeah. the quarterback is like, fine, he's comfortable. He's making the reads. He's whoever it is. I mean, he's going to complete the ball. And I think that's what the good thing about, like, Trask has been this season is, like, if he doesn't have pressure on him, he's going to throw for 400 yards. But um, when LSU got pressure on him, you know, he was he threw three picks, you know, he just and had a fumble as well. So I just think if Bama can continue, I mean, they had eight sacks against Arkansas. Um, I think they had like four against LSU. And, and recently they've been getting more pressure on the quarterback. I think it's over. I'm, I'm with you, Chef. I think it's going to be a, a route. But I do think that that if Florida stands a chance, it's going to be them getting the ball to their running back out of the backfield and just – causing Bama to have busted plays on defense. I think our corner – I think they're going to – they could put Pitts at – because he's been lining up wide a lot. I think they'd be dumb to do that against Sertain. So, I think they might put him at and, – and, yeah. and cause, like, a safety to have to cover him. Because if you think about, like, Bama against Ole Miss mm-hmm. and A&M, they both have the – I think Ole Miss and A&M both had, like, a pretty good athletic tight end. 
and those were like their leading receivers. They they scored on them a couple yeah. times, and so they've lined them up at slot, and, and Daniel Wright missed a lot of tackles, and um, Jordan Battle even. So I think I think they're going to try to line Pitts up against uh, Bama's safeties. They're not going to do it against Sertain or Job. Um, so I think Pitts is going to be the guy to watch at the slot, and I think that um, the back the back's coming out doing wheel routes. I think Bama's going to have to shut that down. Um, but otherwise, I think it's I think Bama's got to got a easy uh not an easy game but i do think if they can shut that down and get pressure on um trask i think they they'll go into the playoffs without a without a loss what do you think hampton i think that was a excellent breakdown an excellent breakdown of how florida is going to look to attack um the alabama defense bunch of wheel routes and finding mismatches with kyle pitts um because, you know, we watched the game this past Saturday. When they don't have Kyle Pitts to um, make it easier on their receivers, um, their offense looks a lot different. Uh, Kadarius Tony is a really good player for them, has uh, 831 yards on the year and nine touchdowns. So he's been um, very electric um, for them and had a great game against LSU. Um, and you were 100% right about their other receivers too with – Jacob Copeland, Trayvon Grimes, they've been really, really solid for them. But if I'm Alabama, I kind of do what if I'm an NFL team um, playing the Chiefs, what they kind of try to do. You take away or bracket Kyle Pitts and kind of bracket the best way you can and limit Kadarius Toney. And if someone else beats you, so be it. Um, But I'm not letting Kyle Pitts – I mean, Kyle Pitts is a – an excellent player, and he's going to get, um, you know, he's going to get touches, he's going to get yards, but you can't have the back-breaking plays. Can't have, you know, um, long touchdowns uh, where there's like a bust in coverage like we had um, or like Alabama had against Ole Miss with, um, I think their tight end's name is Kenny Yaboa. Um, and he was, I mean, he was just running free, um, especially like on um, – you know, just right up the seam. Um, and like you said, that's all in the safety. Um, but the good thing for Alabama fans is this defense has dramatically improved since that Ole Miss game. Um, part of that is due to, you know, just getting game reps and, you know, Jordan Battle playing better yeah. and even the much maligned Daniel Wright even playing a little bit better. Um, but as I've said on here before, the main reason that Alabama – is better on defense is because of four players, Tim Smith at defense line, Will Anderson, um, who in the past three games has five sacks. It's coming on really strong. Um, who else? Malachi Moore um, at the star position, who will probably be matched up against um, Kyle Pitts a lot. And Brian Branch, who had an excellent um, interception against Arkansas. Those four freshmen – have made all the difference and have infused um, talent um, into that Alabama defense. And every one of those guys plays really hard. Um, and that energy and effort is kind of um, contagious, you know, for the, the rest of the defense. So I think Florida is going to get theirs. They're too good on offense. But like you like you also mentioned, LSU got pressure on Florida last week. And I'm taking Alabama's edge guys over LSU's. Um, and Kyle Trask, he's not a very mobile guy. 
Um, so I kind of think they're going to be able to get to him and affect him. Um, and then defensively, I just don't think – I don't think any team in college football has an answer for Alabama's offense, but I definitely don't think um, Florida's does. You know, um, they allow about 150 yards per game rushing, um, and I think, you know, Najee is going to have a field day. He's going to be able to name, um, you know, his yard total. And guess what? If they – stack the box, then you got Devontae Smith um, going deep, John Mechie going deep, um, Jalil Billingsley underneath. Um, it's just kind of pick your poison. And uh, I saw where Florida, t- uh, you know, some Florida players were talking crap about how they were going to lock down Devontae and, um, you know, called Mac Jones a game manager again. Um, I just guess these teams don't learn um, from, you know, other teams' mistakes that that doesn't – um, that does nothing but, you know, put a chip on Alabama's shoulder. And usually um, this year they've come out and performed time and time again. Um, so kind of with that, I think we broke broke down um, everything about this game, unless Shep or Graham, do y'all have anything no, else to I, add? I, I think y'all did a great job covering it. Um, Alabama's offense is going to be a huge factor in the game. And uh, will Florida be able to stop them? I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, and I think that not that we're disappointed, but the Heisman talk has been Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. And after last week, I think Kyle Trask stock is is dropping a little bit, and Devontae Smith stock is rising. And 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 the, and the Heisman Thank talk. Um, but I also saw something today where uh, you know since Devontae Smith and Mac Jones are two of the top guys for the Heisman. Uh, does that take? Does that split the vote total and end up letting you know a third guy like a Trevor Lawrence uh, or a Kyle Trask end up you know taking the taking the Heisman win? Uh, There's two guys from a team that had to split it. Yeah, I've seen that reported too. Um, very possible, but I don't think. I think if Devontae has a big game um, this week. And I really – I mean, I, there's no indication that he won't. Yeah. I honestly think he might mm-hmm. sneak up and win this thing. Uh, Mac – I mean, Mac had a good game against Arkansas. No but he didn't have mm-hmm. a small game just because he was checking down, taking what the defense gave him. Um, and, you know, Devontae had a punt return touchdown. So, you know, added that to his uh, arsenal. Um, I really think Devontae could end up winning it, and I couldn't be happier – because honestly, he deserves it. He's the best player in college football this year, um, in my in my humble opinion. So, um, you know, I kind of hope that's what ha- you know that's what happens, and that he has another good game um, on Saturday. So, guys, it's Ooh. prediction time. Chef, um, I'm going to start with you. We're gonna we're gonna change it up a little bit um, from usual. Usual usually um, we say. Um, how much the team's going to win by? I want like an exact score. Okay, exact score for we're talking Alabama, Florida here. <laughs> okay, oh, well yeah, I just want to put Alabama, this Florida. disclaimer yeah. out there. Um, Florida's going to need a lot of uh, excitement this week. Um, they're going to need something to play for. So Dan Mullen, get your wife ready to give them a little extra sugar this week. Uh, I'm <laughs> I, I'm taking <laughs> Alabama forty-eight to. 14 to 17 48 17 this week um i think it's gonna be a smack down 
Nick Saban has something to prove. Sark's got him ready to go. Sorry, I'm I'm with Donald Trump. Huge <laughs> Alabama win this week. Um, Graham Kircher, what do you think about the score this week? I'm with you. I think it's going to be a um, – I think Bama's going to cover here. And I think that Florida will probably come out hot early on, probably get a touchdown early on. Um, I think they'll probably score 24. I'm thinking – I'm thinking Bama, uh, let's say, I'm going to say 52-24. I think they're going to put up a lot of points. I think they're fired up. Uh, They're going to be fired up after hearing some comments and kind of what you talked about, Hampton, Um, being called the game manager and and Devontae, they're going to shut Devontae Smith down. I think they're going to score a lot of points. Hampton, you want to go ahead and go, Hampton. I want to hear yours, and then I'll give mine. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. My score prediction <laughs> was 51 to 24. Uh, so me and Graham are riding lockstep. Um, I, you know, Alabama scored 41 on Georgia, um, who's a much better defense. And I, th- I mean, I think they're going to be able to name their score. Um, I think Florida, like you said, will come out hot. Might be close for a quarter or two. Um, but eventually, I think the tide pull away. And, um, you know, we can get into this after, they, after um, you know, the result on Saturday. But I think Alabama is en route to um, a national championship. I don't think there's any team um, yes, that sir, can really match it. up with them. Um, I think there's really – I mean, I yeah, and that, that's I not agree. me being a biased Alabama fan. I truly believe that. Um, I think they're the best team in college football. They're the true great team. All the other ones are really solid um, to good. So, um, give me Alabama big this Saturday. Graham, See, yeah, the, the uh, reason I let think? you pick before me is because I knew that you all have the same exact score. See, I just know things <laughs> like that. I just had – I, I just had that six cents. I'm going to take Alabama 45 to 20. Uh, I think that uh, that Florida, like y'all said, going to have some early scores. I think Dan Mullen's going to have a few plays drawn up uh, to, you know, not. A, I think they'll have a few plays drawn up, uh, you know, the, with the timing and the down and distance where he kind of knows what Alabama's going to run and maybe, uh, you know, tricks Alabama's defense a little bit. So I think that might lead to a, a touchdown or two. Uh, but then I think the the rest of Florida's points will come by field goals. They have a good field goal kicker, McPherson, just didn't uh, make that last one against LSU. I, I think Alabama's going to be able to run the ball uh, a lot, and I think that's going to take a good amount of time off the clock. That's why I don't I don't think that Alabama will get to fifty uh, because of the amount of of runs that Najee will have. Um, and I don't I think that uh, you know the game will be probably close early, and then Alabama will kind of you know. Alabama will kind of separate uh, from, from Florida, and then that's usually where they take their, their foot off the gas a little bit. So that's not always the fourth quarter. That sometimes is midway through the third. Um, so I'm going to take I'm going to take Alabama 45 to 20. Uh, but man, I, I think all of our our scores are, are kind of reflective that that Alabama's offense is going to uh, really expose this Florida defense, and that the Florida the Florida offense is going to struggle with the Alabama defense. Uh, with uh, with Pete Golding, is that you know kind of accurate to say? I th- I mean I definitely think so. Um, you know, if you'd asked any Alabama fan after that Ole Miss game, 
or if you had told them after that game, Alabama at the end of the year is going to be like the number one scoring defense um, and like the number one um, passing defense and top three rushing defense after that game, um, I think they would have told you that Charlie Strong took over as the defensive coordinator <laughs> and that Pete Golding had gotten fired. Um, like that, they've made um, dramatic improvement throughout the year. Uh, and then you just add, and you know, I think I said at the time, this team didn't need, you know, that the their defense to be 2016 level or 2015 level. They just need them, needed them to be a solid unit because the offense was so good. Well, I know they haven't played an elite offense. You know, they will this week, I think. But their defense has turned into a really, really, really good unit. Um, and you could possibly say elite um, as far as how um, limited or how much they have limited um, opposing teams to get in the end zone. So, um, I de- you know, I definitely think that. And breaking news, college football playoff top 25 just came out. <laughs> came out. Florida only dropped one spot wow. to wow. number seven. Um, good I for am Bama, I guess. shocked <laughs> by that. Um, I can't believe that. Yeah, it is good for It's great for Bama. Um, yeah, improve that strength of schedule, but wow, I can't the, believe the, that. Um, I was about to say before, the playoff committee did that. Go ahead, so Graham. Florida, if there was a chance that Florida would win, they would uh, they would bump A and M out. I, I think that's probably why the, the playoff committee did that. Oh, um, uh, so they so they could rise. You're probably maybe, right. maybe so, but okay. none of us see uh, Florida actually knocking them off. So I guess uh, next week Florida <laughs> will pre- probably be down a little bit more. Yeah, you're probably right. And uh, before we get out of here, um, really quickly, um, what are your thoughts on the ACC title game, Notre Dame and Clemson rematch? Um, Shep, tell me um, who you think is going to win that one um, and by oh, how much. Shout out to Kyle Edwards, uh, faithful faithful listener, faithful friend here. We're going to go Notre Dame. Um, I think it's going to be a close win, but I'm going to say Notre Dame by seven points. Um, so you think they beat them even with um, – I mean, TJ Uagugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugug
he's going to go off this weekend. And I think I think I'm going to pick Clemson by 14. I think they're going to be like making things interesting as far as like playoff picture. And I think Lawrence is going to try to shake up the Heisman somehow. I think I saw Pollock, David Pollock, say something about um, this is setting up perfect for Lawrence to to make his case. And then, you know, with Trask and Mac Jones playing each other, they could, you know, I don't know. But I think that Lawrence is going to come out slinging the ball. I think Dabo's not going to take his foot off the, the throat. And I think they're going to win by 14 probably. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Money, what do you have? What do you think? Graham, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think uh, when you look at it, when Clemson performs the best when their back's against the wall, whenever they think they're the underdog, that's yeah. when Dabo gets uh, the Clemson Tigers really riled up and ready to play. Uh, I think that, that Trevor Lawrence being back does play a big factor in, in Clemson's offense. Uh, I believe that the game's in Charlotte, which is practically a home <laughs> game for uh, Clemson. Yep. In their backyard. Um, and Clemson. yeah, and so I, yeah. I think that that Clemson will be ready to go. Another important thing uh, will be the uh, we didn't really talk about it a ton is uh, Clark Lee or Lay, however you say it, uh, the Notre Dame defensive coordinator, uh, uh, yeah. deciding to become yeah. the new head coach at Vanderbilt. Uh, whether he coaches that game or not, I, I don't know, but I do know that uh, his mind is right now it's not on the Clemson Tigers, and that's gonna hurt. Uh, the that's going to hurt the Notre Dame defense uh, and how they'll be ready to go. Um, I, I think that Clemson will win uh, at 14, you know, 10 or 14 points. I think Clemson will win. Um, and I think this is probably what the college football playoff committee wanted to have. They wanted Trevor Lawrence to come back yeah. and, and actually make his case so that Clemson could be the number two team, uh, you know, go, going into it. I, I agree with you, Graham. I think that, that Clemson wins this game. Uh, it's hard to beat somebody twice, especially when uh, you know Trevor Lawrence is on the other side of the field. Hampton, who do you have winning this one, uh, Notre Dame or Clemson? Who you got? Um, give me give me Clemson. Uh, <laughs> like Graham said, defensive Dabo. I love that. Um, I think he's going to have them ready to go and have the. Well, no one believes in us, and Trevor, no one believes in you either, so we're going to go out there and play Clemson football, and we're going to bring our own guts and all this gibberish nonsense that he um, spouts all the time. Uh, but I think I think they come out ready to play with a little bit of revenge in their mouth. Um, I think they win by, like, 13. I go uh, Clemson by 13. I think Trevor Lawrence does have a good game. He's not going to win the Heisman, in my opinion. David Pollard need to get off that nonsense. And I want Clemson to win because <laughs> I want Alabama to play Notre Dame in the first uh, semifinal game. Um, you know, I think I think that would be great if that happened. So, um, give me Clemson winning this game. And uh, before we get out of here, is there any other games you want to talk about um, this weekend? I think we pretty much – Championship uh, week, baby. Everything. Oh, it, uh, just a, a little point thing I'd like to point out. You know, Washington was supposed to play in the, in the Pac-12 championship game, and because of COVID reasons, they're not going to oh, play. Yeah. And, uh, I believe Oregon's going to step in. Only in COVID season do you not have a true champion playing uh, in the conference championship game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and then, honestly, it'll be interesting to see how the playoff committee uh, decides between – 
uh, you know, a team like Ohio State and USC, who you know played a, you know a similar amount of games uh, and end up being undefeated conference champions. Very true. Um, that'll be interesting to see, and what happens uh, in the ACC championship will kind of uh, you know really stir up yeah it'll really be interesting to see you know if a&m if not a&m excuse me if clemson wins you know how how does that you know factor into the decision of who's who's two who's three who's four you know contingent on alabama winning of course but it'll be interesting to see championship week is upon us fellas and uh also uh national signing day (laughs) is uh is uh, tomorrow oh yeah we'll have to hit on that in our next week's discussion on uh, the SEC championship game. I'm with you, Graham. I'm with you. And I think I think with that, that will do it for another edition of uh, our SEC recap show here on the Trojan Tailgate Network. Thank you so much for listening each and every week. Um, be sure to follow us on our social media handles um, on Twitter and Instagram for up-to-date show times and links to the shows that can be found on Spotify, Apple podcasts and Google podcasts. Um, I want to thank our special guest Graham for joining us. Graham, we appreciate you listening, but we also appreciate you hopping on here, um, giving and providing great um, analysis. And uh, it was just, it was a joy having you on man. Appreciate it. And hopefully yeah, man, that uh, was we awesome. get to do it again. Thank you all for having me. It was fun talking about uh, talking about uh, these games so appreciate y'all having me yeah no problem man and uh for myself and uh my usual compatriots graham um well aka money and big papa shep um my name is hampton and uh we hope you enjoy watching the sec championship this weekend and we cannot wait to recap it again for you next week on the show. Have a great week.